welcome to the Staying Ages podcast, a show that will equip you with the major keys to achieve extraordinary longevity. This is your girl, Asosa E, also known as Raw Girl. I'm a certified nutrition specialist and behavioral coach. And today on the show, we'll be talking about how to make West African cultural foods healthier. To start this longevity party, I'll give you a brief rundown of some staples in West African cuisine and healthy ways to prepare them. And later today, we'll be chatting with our expert, the amazing Bola Obileye, who is a food and lifestyle expert. I am so grateful to have each and every one of you tuning into the show from all over the world. Shout out to listeners in the USA, the UK, Ireland, Spain, France, Germany, South Africa. I'm in your hood right now recording this. I'm in Cape Town (laughs) and much more. If today's show inspires you, I'm inviting you to go ahead and subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It means the world to me to get feedback. So any reviews are much appreciated. Y'all, I'm excited today to talk about West African cuisine and how to make it healthier. For me, as a nutritionist, I believe it's really important to consider what our ancestors ate and incorporate foods and dishes that have cultural significance, even if it's occasionally. I'm Nigerian-American. I'm first generation born in the U.S. I've traveled and lived all over the world, Jamaica, Brazil, London, South Africa, Ghana. And I've always been so fascinated by how food and culture intersect and, you know, what foods people crave, you know, based on their family, like what their grandmother made or what their mother made. I've also been amazingly blessed to have clients all over the world. And I think it's because of my travel, it's allowed me to understand how to cater to all these clients and and really understand their cultural diets. And what we always do, what I always do with every single client is keep certain foods and dishes as a part of their diet, but I find substitutions to make them healthier. For instance, I love a good fried plantain, but if I'm going to prepare it, I might eat them steamed or I might fry them in coconut oil to use a non-rancid oil with some benefits, or I might even bake them. So it really depends on um, the ingredients. You can always make something healthier by substituting with um, different ingredients or by changing the method in which you prepare them. So we'll get into that a little bit more in this episode. Currently, the nutritional state of large segments of the African population is unfortunately um, deteriorating. It's a bit alarming. Um, Despite the positive socioeconomic development that's taking place, The most significant nutritional issues include things like inadequate nutrient intake, iron deficiency, vitamin A deficiency. There is some malnutrition, um, lack of access to medical care or access to poor quality medical care. And these things can exacerbate a number of other diseases and health conditions. Besides inadequate nutrient intake, the prevalence of obesity on the African continent is actually rising steadily, which is really sad. And we can see that, you know, in recent years, there's been a lot more fast food happening and a lot more westernized foods coming into African markets. And I believe that this is definitely a part of what is causing this trend. Um, There's also an increase in associated health conditions with obesity, such as diabetes, coronary heart disease, hypertension. Another study published by Global Food Security in 2021 revealed that African consumers have actually increasingly bought processed food for the past 50 years, and there's been a surge recently. And I think that 
This can definitely be linked to rising cases of obesity and incidences of chronic illness. So today I want to talk about some of the unique nutritional properties of just a few traditional West African staple foods and their potential to contribute to promoting good health and how they can be adjusted to increase health-giving benefits. The emphasis in a typical West African diet is placed on meats, game meats, as well as other ones, fish, small fish species like crayfish, vegetables, fruits, nuts, legumes, sesame, herbs, bitter leaves, peppers, tubers like yam, and root crops. Some of the identified health benefits of these whole foods include lowering of serum cholesterol. They are anti-carcinogenic, anti-diabetic, anti-inflammatory. They can assist with cardiovascular disease prevention. And they also generally have anti-hypertensive properties. So let's go through a few sort of staples, and I'm not going to be able to get to all of them. I'm just going to go through some very common ones. So let's start with African peanuts too, or ground nuts too. So ground nuts or peanuts are native to West Africa, and they're staple food in many countries in West Africa. They're high in protein and high in fat. In Africa, they're commonly eaten in the peanut stew, and this dish is an excellent source of compounds such as resveratrol, phenolic acids, flavonoids, and phytosterols that block the absorption of cholesterol from the diet. Peanut stew is actually quite fat-heavy, so measuring the amount of oil and also avoiding consuming it too much if you're someone who has a body type that is sensitive to fat is definitely a good idea. Peanut stew is often cooked with chicken, and if you wanted to add health benefits, you could get rid of the chicken Altogether, you could use veggies or add veggies to your regular stew. I've seen plant-based versions of peanut stew made with tofu that are pretty lit. If you're like me and you don't do well with soy, you can actually use pumfu or pumpkin seed tofu as a substitute for tofu. Um, many times, African stews are not healthy because they don't contain enough vegetables. So even just if you're going to keep your meat in there, if you're going to, if you can just increase your portion of vegetables, that can go a long way. And also be a bit more moderate with the amount of oil you use. Sometimes I see people using palm oil, child, like the way they be spraying that palm oil. I'm like, okay, you might want to measure that. You might want to just, you know, measure that a little bit and that can help as well. And when you increase the vegetable intake, you can boost your fiber intake. You can also increase your ability, your body's ability to digest and eliminate your food better. Then there's okra, which is used a lot. So okra is used in soups, used in stews. It's a popular dish in West Africa. It's often prepared with palm oil. Um, okra is a mucolaginous vegetable, so it's full of natural fiber. It helps regulate blood sugar levels by curbing the amount of sugar absorbed in the intestinal tract. It also helps to relieve constipation. It can help with a host of other ailments, including diabetes, asthma, irritable bowel syndrome, ulcers, and acne. Besides the fact that okra is actually fat-free, it's low in calories and packed with nutrients, including vitamin A, thiamine, B6, vitamin C, folic acid, riboflavin, calcium, zinc, and of course, dietary fiber. In addition, okra is a prebiotic food, which means it feeds good bacteria or probiotics and allows them to flourish in the body. And you'll notice as I go through this list that a lot of really good West African staples are actually prebiotic, which is very, very nourishing for the gut. All right, the next one is cassava. Cassava is a starchy root vegetable. It's native to Central America and parts of South America. Cassava was actually first introduced to West Africa from Brazil by Portuguese merchants as a form of trade around the 16th century. It's a great source of starch. It contains a lot of fiber, B-complex vitamins, 
And if you boil cassava instead of deep frying it, obviously it makes it a bit healthier. Cassava is high in resistant starch, again, a type of starch that bypasses digestion, has properties similar to those of soluble fiber. And when you eat foods that are high in resistant starch, it benefits your gut health because it's prebiotic. It feeds the beneficial bacteria in your gut and it may help reduce inflammation, promote digestive health, and more. Um, resistant starch has also been studied for its ability to improve metabolic health and reduce the risk of obesity and type 2 diabetes. And these benefits are likely related to improving its ability to improve blood sugar management, increasing fillings of fullness, and also reducing appetite. It's worth noting that processed cassava products like tapioca tend to actually contain much less resistant starch than cooked cassava roots. So if you want to get the benefits, you got to eat cassava. Interestingly enough, cooling cooked cassava root actually also increases the content of resistant starch. Um, cassava, as I mentioned, has a good amount of vitamin C. So in like 3.5 ounces, we got 20% of the daily value of vitamin C. We have copper, thiamine, folate, B6, potassium, magnesium, niacin, and more. Next, I want to talk about black eyed peas, Joe. Black eyed peas are traditional just in Jamaica. Um, when I lived in Jamaica, I definitely saw them black eyed peas, but in Ghana... I also saw them and in a dish that I really loved called Red Red. And black eyed peas are incredibly nutrient dense. They pack plenty of fiber and protein, and they're a good source of several important micronutrients, including folate, copper, thiamine, and iron. Um, and really preparing black eyed peas and making sure that they're healthy, like for instance, the dish Red Red is made with palm oil. So maybe paying attention to the amount of palm oil you are using. So you're not going ham on the palm oil. Um, you're doing it using a moderate amount, um, and, and that, can, that can definitely help. Um, Moringa. Moringa we've talked about on this podcast quite a bit. So if you haven't listened to past episodes on Moringa, please go back and listen um, so that you can hear about Moringa and also learn about one of my favorite brands. Um, of moringa oil and moringa powder. Moringa oleifera contains more than 92 nutrients and 46 types of antioxidants. It has the ability to grow under adverse subtropical conditions. And this superfood can accelerate healing of about 300 different diseases, contains almost all the vitamins found in fruits and vegetables in larger portions. According to a peer-reviewed journal on food science and human wellness published in 2016, the leaves are rich in minerals, vitamins, and other essential phytochemicals. Extracts from the leaves are used to treat malnutrition and augment breast milk and lactating mothers. Next up is fufu. Fufu is a traditional food in Ghana and West Africa. It's also in Nigeria. Other parts of West Africa is made from ground yam mixed with palm oil. The mixture is then formed into balls and boiled until it's soft. It's eaten with soup. Yams are a type of tuber that originate in tropical climates. They're rich in source of dietary fiber and vitamin C. And yams are tuber-rich vegetables full of tons of nutritional goodness and actually originated right here in Africa. Consuming yams can improve brain functioning and memory, reduce inflammation, help regulate blood sugar levels. And of course, they're a great source of nutrients like fiber, potassium, manganese, copper, antioxidants, which are really important for slowing the process of aging. 
When it comes to taste, yams are not as sweet as a sweet potato, the traditional American sweet potato, but they're heavier in starch. Another interesting fact I learned is that the confusion between sweet potatoes and yams began with slavery. The word yam actually originates from several West African names, Nyambi, Nyam, and Yamme, and were the most common African food staple fed to slaves en route to America. It's said when the slaves saw the sweet potato upon arrival, they called it a yam because it was the closest thing to the original West African root vegetables. Ways to make your fufu healthier and lower on the glycemic index for those who are sensitive to blood sugar or if you're diabetic or have diabetes in your family. It's a really good idea to make your fufu out of unripe plantain, cauliflower, cabbage, or even broccoli. There are some really awesome recipes on YouTube if you search, and you'll be surprised at all the amazing ways that you can make fufu. One of my favorite ways to make fufu is actually out of cauliflower because it still looks white, like the traditional way that I'm used to eating it, but then I'm eating actually a vegetable. And sometimes I use psyllium husk as a binder for it or oat flour, and it's pretty amazing. Next is rice. We all know rice is a huge in West Africa and Africa as a whole. Rice is a staple food in many African countries. Um, rice is often cooked with fish sauce, tomatoes, peppers, onions, and garlic. Charles, I've met Africans that eat rice for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I'm like, ooh, wow. Sometimes this is because of financial constraints. Sometimes it's also because that's all they know. And there are many African clients I work with who overconsume white rice, and this actually contributes to their blood sugar issues and later even diabetes. So ways to overcome overdoing your rice intake is actually rotate in rice substitutes. If you're carb sensitive, getting rid of rice altogether for a period of time is likely going to greatly improve your health and help you lose weight. So you can eat brown rice. Um, you can try quinoa, fanyo, um, cauliflower rice. I've made jollof rice, which is a very popular rice dish, using quinoa instead of white rice to boost the pro protein content because quinoa has all the essential amino acids. And it was amazing. So to be surprised, you can try a few of these other substitutes, or at least rotate them, and that can give you a lot more leeway um, so that you don't have to eat white rice with every meal. And then, of course, there's plantains. Unlike bananas, plantains are very starchy, they're tough, they're not very sweet. They also require cooking, and they're not enjoyable to eat raw. Both plantains and bananas are a good source of several vital nutrients, including potassium, ma magnesium, vitamin C, fiber, and antioxidant compounds. Both of them provide healthy sources of complex carbohydrates, the main difference being that more of the carbs in bananas come from sugars, whereas more of the carbs in plantains are from starch. Green plantains, again, are a good source of resistant starch. Do so you see how many prebiotic foods we have in West African cuisine? It's amazing. Again, prebiotic starch is a type of dietary fiber that helps you feel full, doesn't raise your blood sugar, it feeds the good bacteria that keeps your gut healthy. So it's really, it's really amazing to me as I dissect this. There's so many things naturally in the West African diet that are really helpful for keeping your gut very healthy. So that's pretty exciting. And of course, we have fresh vegetables and bitter leaves. I mean, vegetables are really important in Africa. They are considered a staple food. Most people at least eat two servings of vegetables per day. If you're not, child, that's part of your problem. So start doing that, um, minimum. Um, vegetables are rich. And vitamins and minerals, including A, C, E, K, B, complex, folate, iron, zinc, copper, manganese, and fiber. 
And these nutrients are really essential to keep our body strong and healthy and also to keep our keep our bodies functioning well so we can process the energy from our food. Um, bitter leaves and other indigenous vegetables are also important part of African cuisine. All of the herbs and, and other things that get used in soups and stews, they're full of antioxidants and phytonutrients, which protect us from disease and cancer. And just so you know, it's really amazing and important that... Um, that in West African cuisine, we do have bitter foods. Bitters are a category of biological compounds for which the tongue happens to have specialized taste receptors, which register a bitter taste in the brain. Uh, and it's actually the most metabolically active flavor. So it's very important for weight loss. It's very important to help you manage your palate so that you're not craving sugar all the time. If you're somebody who's craving sugar, you likely need more bitters, Joe. Um, if you want more information on this, you can email my assistant, rawgirlassistant at gmail.com with the subject bitter foods handout. And we will send you my bitter foods handout and a lecture that I did with Dr. Friends on this topic. All right. Well, I think those are the staples I'm going to go over today. If you're trying to make your lifestyle and diet healthier and you have a West African cultural diet, you can also get rid of all sugar sweetened or high fructose corn syrup beverages, okay? Things like malta, soda, fruit juice, sports drinks, sweet tea, all of these things have been linked to obesity, diabetes, heart disease, cancer, and tooth decay. If you want to reduce your consumption of these products, try drinking water instead, um, fermented drinks. Sometimes um, when I'm in Freetown, we make ginger beer, but we make it naturally and we can control the amount of sugar in it. So there's other things you can drink but if I were you, I would get rid of all of the all of the sugar sweetened beverages. Okay, uh, you can also do fresh fruit and vegetable smoothies and juices, and those can give you a bit of sweetness that you need. So if you cut back on processed food, if you're eating whole foods, if you're drinking plenty of water, if you're limiting alcohol, you're choosing healthier snacks. Obviously, if you get moving, you're going to set yourself up for creating a lifestyle where you can enjoy your cultural foods and also enjoy great health. Now that you get the gist of some of these staples in West African cuisine and how to make them healthier, if you do eat West African food, I hope that you have some ideas for some substitutions or ways to prepare your food to boost your health. If you're new to West African cuisine, I hope I gave you some ideas of foods that you can try. All right, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll chat with our amazing guests. So stay tuned. Are you a woman struggling with horrible periods, fibroids, endometriosis, PCOS, infertility, or unsavory menopausal symptoms? I'm Asosa E, also known as The Raw Girl of TheRawGirl.com. I'm a certified nutrition specialist and behavioral coach. And in my Hormone Balancing Academy, me and my team can help you approach any hormonal challenge you are facing from a holistic perspective. Don't take my word only for it. Here's a snippet from a recent client whose fibroid shrunk after following my recommendation. Um, come to find out my fibroid shrunk to a 1.5. Yes, Jesus. <laughs> I was so happy and grateful to God and Asosa and, you know, just her program really. Outside of my fibroid shrinking, I am off of chicken, so I don't do meat. Yes, Jesus. <laughs> and I don't do dairy. Don't, you know, we don't do that anymore. And my weight is steadily at a 101. 
pounds as of today. So my weight did go up. Um, so I'm really happy with, you know, with my results. I'm really grateful to, you know, to God and to to ASOS and her, her Raw Girl program. And I highly, highly, highly recommend you sign up for Raw Girl. You won't regret it. Just in case you missed it, head on back to season six and hear more of the amazing glow-up stories from women who have overcome infertility, normalized incessant periods, and much more. If you or someone you know are interested in reaching your hormonal health goals with support this year, visit therawgirl.com to sign up for a free 20-minute call and a member of our team will talk to you. Until then, stay healthy and happy. Bola Molly Obileye has an infectious sense of fun combined with a good taste for strong food and drink that recently came to Britain's attention thanks to her appearance on Gordon Ramsay's Future Food Stars. Her story is truly inspirational. Bola's personal health transformation has garnered her press coverage as a British wellness expert who is relatable to the average person. Bola completely altered her personal wellness by dropping a remarkable 24 kg, which is around 53 pounds, which she has maintained through healthy eating and lifestyle habits. Her companies, Skinny Cook and Jitterbug, allow the general public to try her take on delicious food and beverages that also promote health and wellness. Starting out professionally as an IT consultant, Bola decided to change course on her career path and retrain as a chef. She's gone on to launch successful food and drink brands. Skinny Cook sells a wide range of products from cake mixes to spice mixes and her own low-fat take on the Nigerian classic jollof sauce. Her drinks range, Jitterbug, harnesses the natural healing properties of apple cider vinegar and is available to buy at over 600 Holland and Barrett stores across Britain. Hi, Bola. I am so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for joining me on Staying Ageless. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so, so super excited to be here. Honestly, I saw you. I don't even know how I stumbled upon you online. And I was just like, first of all, this woman is fabulous. <laughs> Second of all, oh, she's into health and all this stuff. Um, I guess I want to start with like, what was your health journey? Or like, what was like, what happened to you that helped you even be concerned about health? Because sometimes as Africans, people don't think about it up front. It's only <laughs> after something happens. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And that was exactly what happened to me. So way back in 2016, uh, my husband would drop hints like, maybe you should go to the gym. Maybe we should go for a walk. And I'd be like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I didn't think there was anything wrong with me. I knew I wasn't like the size 12 I was when we got married. Uh, but I didn't have a problem with my weight. What I had a problem with, though, was my health. Um, mm. It was failing so bad, you know. Um I couldn't keep food down. I think that was the worrying bit for me because I would eat and it would come right back up and it was just scary. So decided to do a bit of investigation, went to the doctors, uh, did an endoscopy and the excitement on the doctor's face went, because he had been thinking that it was the big C and it was like, oh my God, it's not oh my cancer. Goodness. It's not cancer. But I think I jumped a step here because when you're ill and you think, 
you're thinking like all the terrible things already. You start to make promises to yourself. You start to think about your life and what could have been done better, what role you played to where you are in terms of your illness and all of that. And for me, I could see that I wasn't eating properly. I wasn't looking after myself. I was like literally hooked on sugar-loaded soft drinks. Oh my goodness. I knew that it was sort of like my fault. So I made promises to myself then that, you know, if I got another chance at life, I will do better for myself. And so when we did the endoscopy and the doctor got excited, probably more than me, I was like, oh my goodness, I really have to do something about it now. Right. The options I had were to either have surgery or to lose weight. And I chose to lose weight. And that was how my journey towards discovering a healthier lifestyle, so to speak, started. Wow. Wow. And how long did it take you to actually reach your goals? So I needed to lose weight like desperately because, you know, the illness was really bad. I couldn't sleep like flat. Um, I had to sleep propped up and I Mm -hmm. really just wanted to have my life back. So I took it really seriously, started to do a lot of Google searches, find out what other people were doing. And this is like 2016, like five, six years ago, something like that. Okay. And at that time, there were so many fads in the air. Uh, ketogenic diet was just coming up. People yeah. were talking about apple cider vinegar, flat yeah. belly water. There was so much out there. And I'm right. telling you, Esosa, I did everything. I was oh like, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll have that. I was so desperate. I went to, uh, g- to the gym. I went to like a fight class. I needed to just get my body back. Yeah. And I did everything. And within three months, I lost 24 kg. Wow. And yeah. Wow. Yes. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. That is awesome. That is super awesome. So then after you hit your goals, what then leads you to um, make a whole business out of it? Like make these really amazing brands out of it? So I think for me, the the hustle to actually even find out what worked for me and the the amount of work I needed to do in terms of just research, reading up, finding out things got me so interested all about food and I got really excited. But there was something else that was happening on the background of all of this. I was not mm. in a happy place generally as a person. Mm. And the minute you lose weight and the minute you start to work on yourself, somehow it becomes a holistic thing. You start to look at yourself your mind, your body, you start looking at everything in, in in a more wholesome way. And I think that happened to me. So I was looking at my marriage, I was looking at my relationships and I wanted to get better in every way. And when I lost weight, I just felt so empowered. There's something about, I mean, it's really weird because I know quite a lot of people that are not necessarily slim, but they're the most confident people in the world. I'd always thought I was one of those people. But when I lost weight, I call it discovering my fabulous because I found this new person that I never knew existed. And wow. I, yeah, I just, it was just really empowering. It was just like, you could have said that to the old baller, but to the new baller, uh-uh. <laughs> you know, I just had this, this thing just came over me and I could only tie it to, you know, liberation to the way I felt when I got my health back 
and I was back in charge of how I felt about myself. So it's not mm. only about someone telling you, oh, you look nice. I felt nice. I looked yeah. at myself in the mirror and I could compliment myself that, oh, girl, you look good. And yeah. there's something about it when you believe what you see and how you feel. And I wanted everyone to have that. So it kind yeah. of like started with me saying, every woman should feel this way. Every yeah. woman should be empowered in their relationship. Every woman should have a voice in who they are and how they feel. So it started out that way being, oh, everybody's going to be like this. And I started a, a Facebook group where I just shared, you know, my tips and tricks and things that I did, some that worked, some that didn't. And I found that so many people out there actually need this info. People actually want to do better for themselves, but just don't always necessarily have the right information to do so. And that's what kicked it off. And uh, once I started to teach people, they would tell a friend and somebody else would tell someone else. And they would ask me what I did in particular. So I started making concoctions, started making some meals and changes to my diet, which was what I did all along anyway. Because um, when I was trying to lose weight, I really wanted something that was sustainable. I wanted yeah. something that, you know, I could kind of like do for the rest of my life. So I was yeah. looking at the way I eat and you know what it's like being African and Nigerian in particular. It doesn't matter where you take us. We can give up our clothes. We can give up our hair. We're never going to give up our food. So that was never. a big deal for me. Like, yeah. how do I make our foods work for me? Yeah. And yeah, yeah, so that was the start of it. So I, oh, think people- I love that. <laughs> I love that. There's so many things that you said. So one of the things that I say, I, I tell my clients sometimes, sometimes I'm half joking, but I'm serious. I say nothing tastes as good as healthy feels. And, and that was definitely all in what you were just saying. <laughs> I love that. That is so true. Not, nothing tastes as good as, because once you feel the difference in your energy and you have this new vitality it's so important. It, it affects every aspect of your lives. And what, what I love about being a certified nutrition specialist and helping women actually transform and heal from holistically from their health conditions is my clients' lives always get better just from dealing with their health issue. So yeah. they'll do their health issue. They'll be like, girl, I'm engaged or I got a promotion. And I'm like, this is wild. It's so cool how that it just bleeds into every area of your life. So I love how you had that same experience. Yes, Absolutely from my marriage. I mean, we were going through like a very difficult time and it was just amazing how just by looking after me, I could communicate the things that were important to me and he could pick that up just the Mm. way I was loving myself, the way I was looking after myself, the way I was careful with the things I was feeding into my body. He knew that he had someone that was completely different. So yes, absolutely with you. So good. (laughs) So good. So I'm really big on when I work with anybody from anywhere. So I have a lot of, when I first started my career as a nutritionist, I actually saw people from all over the world in this, in this wellness clinic. It was actually a weight loss clinic. Oh wow! And I saw people from India, from Asia, from Africa, but I've traveled a lot. I'm West African myself. I've traveled a lot in Africa. So I'm very big on understanding why people eat what they eat, what herbs they use, why they're doing this. Because I I really believe in cultural diets. When you said that you were trying to find something that you could do your rest of your life, it's very important because the actual word diet 
comes from the uh, Greek word dieta, which means manner of living. So people think of diet like a short-term thing, but it's actually supposed to be a lifestyle. It's supposed to be like, I could do this forever and ever, and it would be great, and I'll feel great and all that stuff. But for me, when I have clients come to me from different cultures, I'm always like, what do you eat back home? And how, and does it mean you have to give it up? Because most people are freaking out and they come to me mostly because they don't want to go to um, a Caucasian nutritionist who's going to be like, hey girl, you can have some Greek yogurt, some almonds. And you're like, where is my pounded yam? And I don't, <laughs> you, do you even know what a goosey is or whatever it is, right? Um, so <laughs> I, so I want to talk about West African, I want to talk about Nigerian staples. Or things that maybe you have have discovered that you are good, like alternatives or ways to make things a little bit healthier. I want to discuss that a little bit. I think uh, for me, when I first um, kind of like lost weight, it mm-hmm. was really very strict. It was all around, oh, you can eat this, you can't eat that. That worked all well and good to get the weight down. But going forward, you know how our palate is. We've learned to eat <laughs> nothing else is ever going to do. And I remember sitting up one day thinking, what is life without jollof rice? What is life without plantain? Oh my goodness, kill me already. And I started to really think that, how can we make these foods work? And it's amazing because our foods are amazing. Our foods are delicious, they're wholesome, they make us feel good. But the way that we got it wrong is we're so uninformed. People eat this whole lump of uh, pounded yam and don't realize the amount of carbohydrate load that they So much carbs. Oh my goodness. I'm telling you, and it knocks you out. They go to sleep. They think it's a joke, you know, because in Nigeria, people will be like, go eat pounded yam and sleep. That's your body literally fighting for you to stay alive and mopping up all the sugar out of you. So it's all about moderation. It's all about understanding what these different food groups do for us. And also adding, I tend to add a lot of fiber into my food. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I tend to, uh, with our vegetables, for example, you mentioned a goosey. I tend to up on like the spinaches, the vegetables, whereas uh, in the past we would have them as little portions and have the big cats yeah. as the big portions. I kind of yeah. like do a swap over, make yeah. the veggies bigger, make the nutrition, think about what you're eating and why you're eating it. And, you know, when I started my brand, one is called Skinny Cook. People thought it had to do with me being skinny. On the (laughs) one hand, I had lost weight that I had become skinny in the sense of it because I used to be a size 16. I was now a size 8. Wow. The whole idea was making your foods skinny in terms of thinking about the nutritional benefits of the food and also just making sure that it's those things that are important and taking out all the nasties like, you know, um, the 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 uh, like seasoning that's so full of e numbers and all these nasty things that don't do you any good. So taking out those things and making your food skinny down to what is nutritionally beneficial to you. So you know when again one of the things that I am completely against and I don't know how you feel about this is zero calorie foods. Oh, I, yeah. believe that, I, I believe that it's totally akin to like eating paper. We, right. eat, we need to understand that we eat because we're nourishing our body. As much as, you know, it's an aphrodisiac, we love it and all that. It's got a job that it needs to do. It needs to yeah. feed our bodies. It needs to be yeah. the answer to fix our bodies, to repair and to keep us going. And yeah. we need to be mindful of that. And if we could just learn that a bit more, 
I think, you know, a lot of us will do better for ourselves. And I think now that there's so much information out there, people want to do better, but obviously they still need um, people like you to make sure. Uh, I mean, I, just because of the, the back of me just completely falling in love with food, I went back to study to become a health coach and I got certified at the College of Naturopathic Medicine. But awesome. I kind of like focus on the food creation side rather yeah. than working with people, which is what you do. And it's a great job, you know, so and people absolutely need it because people just don't know. We just know that this is how we eat. Nobody ever asked that, why does a powdered yam need to be more than that? And right. now uh, right. you can have an okra soup on its own, not necessarily have an accompaniment with it. So, yeah. Yes. I, what I like about what you said is in, in African cuisine, at least the at least Nigerians love meat is really like the main course. Meat is it's like you're making a stew and I'm like, where is the vegetable? Like the vegetable has been cooked down to the point where it's virtually non-existent. <laughs> so when you when you when you change that, even just that one mentality of like, let me stop making uh, the vegetables a side dish and let me really incorporate them, that can that helps a lot of people. I've been really inspired because it's like wait a minute I can make pounded yam out of cauliflower yes I can make there's so many things that you can do there there's people are doing people if you're diabetic they're using unripe plantain you know so it's like wait a minute we don't have to say no I can't eat that at all I'm always telling my clients that I'm really big on substitutions I'm really big on you should be able to eat it but maybe we need to change the ingredients so I do think that Changing the mindset around vegetables in general is very important. I have this one Nigerian client right now, and I remember when we started working, he was like, vegetables, blah, blah. So, you know, we we hide them in things. We put them in smoothies and different things, and he's yeah. been eating them and losing yeah. a ton of weight in the process. But I think, it's, I think it's interesting how, for some reason, some reason there's this mentality that it's a side dish, even though... Um, even though we have so many medicinal herbs and so many medicinal plants and ve- and fruits and vegetables that are very, very powerful that we should be using. My concern is that over time, the younger generations and younger generations don't know about them. And we're more focused on being more West- Westernized with our food or just overeating certain things like you were mentioning. I agree with you. Um, I mean, I th- th- the good side to everything now is that people are more open to learn about new things as well. So Mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier that I tend to add a lot of fiber into my meals. Yeah. So um, things like, you know, uh, when people in the early days, going back again, when people were making pounded yam out of coconut flour, psyllium husk and all of that, that's actually fabulous because for some people that they've got this mind block that I must always have a side thing to go with my um, vegetables, that works for them. Yeah. But you could also go through a period where you're training them more or less because there's a learning process to this thing. We've been mm-hmm. eating this way for so long and you're mm-hmm. like, okay, this is what we need to do to change. But while you're changing, have a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And mm-hmm. for me, even my journey alone has opened my eyes up to so many new things that I would have never thought of incorporating with our own, uh, uh, well, Nigerian or uh, very African dishes. So, for example, lupin. Um, mm. 
Lupin is so high in protein. So there's this new flower. Uh, it's you should look it up. It's called Lupin. Okay. Mm-hmm. L U P I N. Okay. So this is just amazing. So this is from Lupin plants. Be careful though if you're allergic to nuts because it's an allergen. Okay. But because it's so high in fiber and because you can hide the taste of it as well in almost any food. If I wanted to have something like Eba, like the Nigerian Eba, I could go 50-50 mm. and literally make my Eba, which would normally be very high in carbs, now very nutritionally fibrous. And I know that the overhead in terms of the my neck carbs is lowered. Yeah. Just because I've introduced something like that is very high in fiber in it. But again, I think it's all about education. And the good thing is, since COVID, everyone seems to be open and learning and wanting to live longer. <laughs> Let's just hope this trend continues. And in all honesty, I think it's going to continue because, I mean, we're seeing trends. I mean, even off of the back of our drinks, um, which was something that I created, Jita Bug, um, yeah. apple cider vinegar uh, infused drinks. Uh, I don't know if you've seen them before. I have. Before. I have. Yeah. yeah. So we're now available in Holland and Barrett. But the one thing I wanted to point out there was in 2016, back then, when apple cider vinegar, um, people started talking about it. A lot of people thought it was a fad. Yeah. But now there's been so much medical research done to actually prove that it speeds up our metabolism. So those are the kind of things that we need to introduce to people as well so that when they have one of our meals, you can have something that helps you get it in and out really quickly. Just keep in the gut healthy and just encouraging uh, your, your your digestive system to do the right thing more or less. But mm-hmm. for me, it's all about learning, learning. We all have, you know, so much unlearning to do in terms of how we've been eating. And uh, but I'm very hopeful that, and I hope that people don't wait till they fall ill like I did. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah. Because sometimes, even though you get better, sometimes you might not get completely better you might have to manage some of the damage that you've done and who wants to live life managing a health condition kind of thing so yeah agreed agreed for sure my goal is always to get people 100 percent recovered but they have to do the work though so yes. this is the thing they have to do the work. i found that i don't know um in a way i always say that you know sometimes when things happen to you they don't really happen to you. They happen for you. So I see when I felt ill, like it was a positive thing for me because it taught me how to look at myself and how to look after myself. And perhaps if I didn't have that condition, maybe I would have suddenly had something. I don't know. I don't want to think the worst, but in a way, I'm glad that I had that, you know, um, reality check that hello you need to look after you you need to change how you eat and that was good for me but I just really hope that people would just uh, find their way there without having to go through what I went through I agree I mean my biggest the my biggest struggle as a nutritionist especially because we get really intense cases from all different mm-hmm. types of health issues is I wish people would come to see me sooner. I wish people were like, hey, I was feeling a little off and now I want, but it's usually very dramatic. <laughs> it's like, 
very dramatic. There's a diagnosis now. And what I've always been, I'm always continuously thinking about how do you teach people to learn how to intuitively listen to their bodies and pay attention to where before I can tell everything that's happening with me at all times. I'm so intense, like intensely sensitive, but in a good way, meaning I know when something's off, oh, I ate that. I don't feel so good. And I think where most of us are taught to shut it down, where for years and years, we're just ignoring this. We're ignoring that we have to pass out every time we eat dinner. We ignore the little grumbling in our stomach. Like we ignore all the stuff, the signs and symptoms, the aches, the tiredness. And then we wake up and go to the doctor and they tell us something very dramatic. And now we're, now we're paying telling you all along. It's amazing that you should mention about listening to your body, because this is the one thing that I, oh, I wish it could be on a t-shirt. Because sometimes, you know, sometimes you feel like someone walked past you and you think, did someone walk past and you're like, no, I didn't see nothing, but you actually did see something. That's how our bodies work. Yeah. Because sometimes something is going on and you're like, that's not right. But you're like, oh, maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's a drink I had. And then right. it happens again. And you're like, so if we all learn to listen to our bodies and even take notes, like on Tuesday, my butt, my belly rumbles and just keep notes with like little weird things that happen. Yes. Walk your way back to how it started, when it started and just nip it in the bud before it gets bigger than it is. And yes. I think maybe looking back myself, Maybe if I had listened to my body, I would have actually caught it sooner. But you know, when you get the odd hat burn, you're thinking, oh yeah, I had too much spicy food. And then you get the odd belly ache and you're thinking, you keep making excuses until yes. your body's like, you know what, I've had enough. Yes. And that's what happened to me. And for years, I couldn't sleep flat. Even after I lost weight, sometimes I still prop myself up because I have days that, you know, it just comes back. Yeah. Years of damage. And yeah, absolutely. Now I listen. I listen. And I always teach myself that try to do something about it. But sometimes, you know, human nature will creep in and you'd be like, well, after I get back from the post office, but uh, we always prioritize ourselves. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. I love what you said. That that gave taking notes as we're going, I, I love what you said about that because that's kind of what I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out how do I get people. So if, if people were actually paying, if one, they have the education of, this is some of the things that I provide. Like I do provide education for my clients on like, these are things that are not normal. Cause a lot of women think a lot of things are normal. that are not normal. It's not normal to have a horrible period. It's not normal to have crazy pains. It's not normal. You know, all these things that sometimes we're told we're just grin and bear it. It's not normal. So if we know what's not normal and then we take notes, we might we might get quicker down the road of being like, wait a minute, something's off here. Let me go figure this out immediately before this turns into something crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. And again, just looking at it from like a wholesome uh, perspective, it could just be even related to uh, something to do with something as that you would never think about like stress at work yeah and it could be you know just messing up all your hormones and everything and you're thinking yeah so I, I just love the fact that you know people are actually looking for help and seeking help in the right places yeah and that's, that's amazing yeah well I'm really excited about your brand so tell us again where we can find 
Jitterbug, Skinny Cook, and where you, where we can also find you on social media too. Awesome. So my um, handle with Skinny Cook, I teach people how to eat better and do better with their meals. They can come to me with ideas of their African meals and I can show them how to make it healthier and uh, cleaner at Skinny Cook INC on Instagram. And um, our products are available on Amazon. Um, we also have Jitterbug, and those are available in about 755 stores across the UK, Holland and Barrett stores. So, uh, yes, that's exciting for us. That's exciting. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's just a dream come true because when the apple cider vinegar soft drink was made, I had Holland and Barrett behind my mind that, yeah, it wouldn't be nice to sell it there. And, to, you know, to get that stamp of approval was just the best thing that could have happened to to us as a brand. And, and we're just looking to really innovate in that space of creating healthier and uh, more wholesome meals. I think for me, with um, being a health coach, a certified health coach and, and the rest of it, I think my focus will always be to make foods more accessible, healthier, and just more nutritious. I want every woman to find their fabulous. You don't understand what this fabulous is until you find it. Right. It makes you be able to stand up and speak. It makes you happy to show up. It makes you not wait for someone's compliment to know you're good enough. But some people are lucky. They have it in lips and bounds. But some of us had to get our health back to have it. And I think I wish it for every woman. <laughs> you're the bomb.com. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much. You so much. Are you interested in living your best, healthiest life? I'm Asosa E, also known as The Raw Girl of therawgirl.com, and I'm a certified nutrition specialist and behavioral coach who specializes in helping you discover what exercise and diet is best for your body and get to the root cause and rebalance if you have a serious chronic condition. Clients who've worked with me have reversed diabetes, hypertension, balanced hormonally, gotten rid of acne for good, and lost hundreds of pounds. If you are interested in reaching your health goals with some support this year, visit therawgirl.com to sign up for a 20-minute call with yours truly. Until then, stay healthy and happy. All right, all right. It's time to take a question from Instagram or email. Remember, if you would like to have your question answered on the show, all you got to do is send me a DM, slide up in my DMs on Instagram at The Raw Girl, or contact me via my website, therawgirl.com. Today's question is from Chike, the uh, Instagram who says, if I am trying to consume less meat, what are some good substitutes that I can use for African stews? Hi, Chike, how are you? Um, that is a great question. I'm going to give you a few options and, you know, some of them may float your boat and some of them may not. I have seen some people use tofu depending on what type of stew, like peanut stews I have seen people use tofu. I am not a big tofu person because I don't do well with soy. If you're like me, in the States, we have something called pumfu, pumpkin seed tofu. Um, I've shared on my Instagram my pumpkin seed eggs, which you can make from scratch. I actually haven't tried to make pumpkin seed tofu myself, but that is something I would look into because it really, really works the same as tofu. Super awesome. It's firm. You can stir fry it. You can add it to stews. You can do all kinds of stuff. 
high in protein, also has some, um, some good healthy fat in there. And then there's mushrooms. Like in my agusi soup, I like to use several types of mushrooms, sometimes four or five varieties, because each type kind of gives you a different type of meaty flavor. And especially when you're used to stews that have, if before, if you were consuming stews that have a lot of different meat in it, sometimes it helps to have a, a couple of varieties of mushrooms. And that really just makes it feel quote unquote meaty. I've also seen people make fake or mock oxtails from black eyed peas that were pretty lit. I have not tried yet to make them. I have also seen people selling those mock oxtails in the States where you can actually order them and not even prepare them yourself. Some of them do have seitan in them. Some of them are made for other things, but I, I thought it was really pretty amazing that there were recipes out there where you could, that actually kind of look like oxtails as well. Um, so you could actually make that, for instance, with your stew and um, and not even miss your oxtail. And then, of course, you can add a lot more vegetables to your stew. As I mentioned, most of the time, people are just eating a ton of meat, not enough vegetables. Increasing your vegetable content is going to make you feel fuller, increase your fiber intake, allow it to digest better and all that jazz. There are, of course, faux meats but those tend to be much more processed. A lot of them are soy-based, like fake chicken and fake sausages and all these kinds of things. So I don't really recommend those because those are not whole foods. In my opinion, if you're going to consume those, you actually would have been better off consuming real meat. Um, but that's just me. All right. I hope that helps you. Okay, y'all. It's time to close out today's show. And I hope you have learned something new today. Please remember that no matter what culture you come from, there may be comfort foods that are prepared in a certain way that maybe aren't healthy for you long-term. And in order to have your cultural cake and eat it too, you have to look at swapping out for healthier ingredients or consider changing how you prepare the foods. For example, instead of deep frying, maybe you're baking or air frying, you know? So leave a comment or DM me on, on Instagram at the raw girl if you have cultural foods that you are now going to make healthier after listening to this episode. I would love to hear from you. Today, I leave you with an old proverb that says, health is not valued till sickness comes. Child, ain't that the truth? I challenge you this week to focus on valuing your health now and making any changes you know will pay off for your health in the long term. Well, that's all for today, sis. If you're looking for more health tips or have a question for the show, find me on Instagram at The Raw Girl. You can also find me and contact me through my website, therawgirl.com. For more on the show or to listen to past episodes, visit stayingagelessshow.com.